0: Welcome back with your host Jolly John and the Tickler for another episode of Stick. This is a very special episode, John. It is the specialist of special episodes. Yeah. So the episode with Blake we recorded at the beginning of October when we were, were on a break, but it was because Blake was in town and we just did it because we had the opportunity. We yeah. struck while the metal was hot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the sound of hot metal. It is. But that was like after we had like considered all the changes we wanted to make for season three. So this is the actual, this is the spiritual launching of season three. We're breaking the metaphorical champagne bottle on on the season three ship here. Oh, on the ship. We're clipping the ribbon. What are some other like... Uh, but you, we're opening the best buy doors on black friday and getting trampled oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah you yeah. throw the poor people over the deck oh god <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> isn't that what they do i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of things to talk about this is potentially gonna be a very long episode so strap in get your diet do and what's the uh, and and i was just about to ask what's like the food item of this podcast obviously it's fucking tendies mm-hmm. uh let's start with the good old pre ramble on that note but we need to first talk about uh the episode what what the what the episode What the podcast is about Oh fuck yeah Yeah (laughs) Yeah, because we're here at Trapped Under Plastic The official Raisin Cane's enthusiast podcast (laughs) Um, And if you don't know what the hell We're talking about with that each episode, uh, we take a uh, definition of what trapped under plastic is from the comment section of the episode below, and we feature it here and we show it on the screen. Um, that was brought to us by. Oh, f- I'm losing it. I lost it. Okay. It's That's- a it's a person. Thank you. I- I- I'll find you again later. So if you want to submit your applications, I'm just screenshotting them and putting them in a folder on my computer. So you know, I'm seeing <laughs> a lot it. of good ones. A lot of good this ones this week. So yeah. Alright, so speaking of attendees, John, lead us off here. Alright, so we're gonna talk a lot about really important things, really exciting things, yeah. moving and shaking yeah. and evolution of yeah. Trapped Under Plastic Today. Yeah. But first, <laughs> we need to start we gonna start this episode on a high note. And there is no note higher than one piece of internet gold that a patron of mine found and posted on my Discord channel, and I need all the goody peepees to see this. Yes. I need us to take this 138,000 view video and turn it to 138 million. Video. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like 138,500. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we can do that. We can do that. We can get 46 more views on this of bitch. <laughs> Those are the kind of numbers we can um, pull. So John, what are you talking about? We're talking about a song. Oh my okay. God. A These, song on YouTube. This is too much of a roll up to this. <laughs> the name of the song is sucking on my tendies. (laughs) I think the song came out in like 2018, 2019, right around when we started to implement the term, I think maybe a little bit before, but we're going to say that this guy stole it and ran with it. There is no way on this earth that we came up with the term tendy. I know, but I think it's now mainstream because of us. Okay. (laughs) Yes. We'll We'll take that. We'll take that. Um, So yeah, we'll put a link in the video description and the episode description, and you should probably pause right now and watch the four minutes of glory that is sucking on my tendies in the four by three screen ratio in which it is filmed. Okay. Can I just say that four minutes was too long for that joke? I mean, the lyrics just kept coming. It was heavy hitters <laughs> for four minutes. He couldn't just like throw away all this great, uh, like lyrical greatness. I, I I loved it. Yeah. I lasted like a minute and a half and I was like, I, I get what this is. I don't need more sucking tendies. I don't need more floating tendies that kind of just like zoop into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all really terrible. Graphics. It's great. Um, but it's worth a watch. So now now that you're back, you're back. You paused it. You came back. You are now a sucking on my attendees aficionado. Uh, <laughs> let's get out of the rest of the preamble ramble. ramble. Uh, well, a lot has happened in the month that we've been away. Um, I played in a fucking tournament. You did what? I'm playing one tomorrow, too. Whoa. I know. Is it the same place? Yeah, same it's place. It's going to be the same grubby nerds you're playing against? I hope not. I, I mean, I don't mind people, but I hope it's more. Yeah. Um, because apparently in the last one, there were like at least three other people that had said they were going to show up, but they didn't. Um, so hopefully it's a little, a little more, maybe eight, ten people. That'd be cool. Did you show up at their door at like 8 p.m.? And be like, hey, where were you? No yeah. excuses allowed. I did, yeah. Okay. I sent the repo man after them. Nice. So that was pretty cool. That was a cool experience. I made a video about that. We'll have all the links down in the show notes below for everything we talk about in this episode. So yeah, Song of Ice and Fire. That's the Song? tournament that you played? Yes, sir. Um, and that was a fun experience. You thought like- I loved it. You Okay. Enough to go back. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're going to get a medal? Do you uh, get medals and trophies and- No, you get- So like the way it worked is they just brought out like a bunch of goodies. Okay. I and like the, goodies. And the person who won got to pick three goodies- and the, or it was three or two And then second place got two And then third place got one And then everyone else got to pick And then we just kept revolving So the first place got to pick The things that were like The most valuable And that they wanted Right And then the fucking lower like place a new, Got like shit Like a new Mazda Miata and- Yeah, yeah <laughs> Nice Exactly <laughs> You got the new car <laughs> Yeah Tesla Yeah Wow uh, so that was cool. That was a cool experience. Okay. And you got what place? Fourth? Third place. You got third place? You got first choice of the losers? Uh, yeah. Second choice second. That's second place. <laughs> second loser. Yeah. I mean, it's, a third place is as much of a placement when there are five players in the event. Um, don't tell people how many people you gotta be out you gotta gotta let them know yeah Uh, i disagree you don't have to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i got third place uh um it was good i liked it a lot good um now on to the exciting season three news this episode is a collaboration in a way between me and john and also a writer slash researcher Named James, uh, John here affectionately called him James the Writer Goblin. Yeah, James is our official Writer Goblin of the podcast. Yeah, uh, James is. A dun- it's like a ghost writer, but a goblin writer. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're letting you know about him. And then, and you say ghost writer, and then my brain goes to ghost writer. Uh- <laughs> and now I picture James, James the, the flaming, flaming skull. skull. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's yeah. a goblin skull. Yeah, yeah. Okay, James. We so, need an artist out there to give this visual rendition. Yeah, James the Writer Goblin. So some of you might have a reaction to including a writer where it's like, is this going to become scripted? And really the more accurate term for James is he's a researcher. Mm -hmm. Um, He's able to accurately find a bunch of really interesting information for us to just riff off of. So there isn't anything written for us to speak like a script. It's all just like bullet notes for us to look at. Um, And this episode, which is obvious based on the title, but it's about the top grossing Kickstarter campaigns in various categories and he found all the information for all the categories and put up all these bullet points and all this research and have all these links for us to look at. So it's super helpful and we're going to, we're going to try it out and see if you guys like it. Yeah. And basically at the end of the day, James is doing the work That we're too lazy to do. Yes. You know, and he understands this most importantly. And our first meeting with James is very serious. Very, it was a a suit and tie meeting. Yeah. (laughs) um, You know, at, uh, it was at a Taco John's um, and uh, we all had potato Olays and we talked about the importance of trapped under plastic. Very serious. Why, why Taco John's and not canes? Because he he was still in a trial period okay we right. couldn't we couldn't show him no the glory no 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 he he's not yet earned his his canes pin yeah okay yeah also people are shitting on canes delivery canes delivery canes is not that great yeah i'll say that eating it there is much better but because we have been inundated at Cane's eating there, we are willing to accept the sacrifice of eating at delivery. Yeah. Okay. This is the, this is the epitome of American sacrifice. <laughs> you, it is. Your first Cane's experience should be a dine-in experience if you want the full, if you want, to, if you want to give the full, like, review. And any food that is, well, true. in general, but particularly any kind of fried food yes. that you get to go or delivered will taste like poo-poo because... That clamshell that they put in. Now, if they put it in like the paper ones, like the kind of like cardboardy kind of ones, it's yes. better. They put it in the styrofoam. Just You're fucking done. give up. Yeah, it's just going to be a mushy mess by the time it gets there. It's just like a moisture filled, like just steams itself. Trap. Yeah. yeah, anything needs to be crispy. Game over. Game over, son. All right, so yeah, we have a we have a rider we're rocking on. We want to say the next one. Oh yes, I do want to say the next one, and the next one is. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to save the last one for you because okay. that's really all about you. Oh, thank you. And my piggybacking.
1: Uh,
0: uh, the, the next one is weekly podcasts. Now, we're not saying that Trapped Under Plastic is going to become a weekly podcast, but we're not not saying <laughs> that yeah, it's going like, to become a weekly podcast. I like how you're doing this. Part of what we had spent the last month on is brainstorming um, we had a whiteboard, um, you know, cue the meme from Always Sunny, <laughs> where he's standing up on the board, trying to explain something yeah. while he's, you know, on trooms. <laughs> and, and we part of that was us trying to find a way, does it make logistical sense? Does it make content sense? Um, does it Does it work for us to do a weekly podcast? And how would that look? What would change? What would be interesting? How would we record it? All these kinds of things. And Scott and I have had a lot of good conversations on this. And we're not 100% tuned in yet, hmm. but I think we're like 75% there. Yeah. And I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah. I think we can make it work. Um, and so we sent out a poll to our patrons Yes, um, we had a lot of responses. Yes, we gave some options. We Scott did a great job of explaining what each of the, the options meant. Thank you. People could put in comments and their thoughts. And Scott, what were what was kind of the one prevailing comment we saw, or did you not read the comments? No, I did. The prevailing thought was that this episode format is sacred. Yes, and don't fuck with it. Yeah, because we had a lot of ideas where we could take segments out of this episode and expand upon them and make them longer, like mm-hmm. the news segment, the ramble segment, that. Could be like a longer thing in its own off week episode, but everyone was like, It's glorious how it is, don't fuck with it, just do something different in a shorter episode on the off week. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're thinking about right now. <clears throat> so, just to be clear, we didn't suddenly find some extra efficiency in our process that allowed for more time to record an episode. We're just like, Let's spend more time on the podcast. That's what we're considering right now. Yep. So, if we can be faster about how we do our things, more efficient. Um, and maybe the next uh, item here in this like pre-news segment is going to help us a little bit more with efficiency. Um, Maybe we can make it work. So we're not sure yet, but we are playing with the idea. Yeah. Another very prevailing comment, which this is what I was leading you up to, and you just swung and whiffed on it, but your answer was also correct. Yeah. Was that the goody peepees of the world. (laughs) I cannot believe people are willing to call themselves that. I mean, you don't have to be one, Scott. <laughs> you know, the Seven Nation Army couldn't hold us back. People send me fucking emails and they sign it as a goody peeky. <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, we're going to get our own armbands. <laughs> <laughs> um, What I was trying to lead you up to was that people were very concerned that we don't get burned out and we don't do too much. Oh, yeah. yeah. They don't want this to go away, which is kind of related to what you're saying. Yeah. Of... of this is our our thing. We, we don't want it to go away. So don't yeah. do anything that would either change or would make it worse or you'd leave us forever. We're not leaving you. Um, and we we're very cognizant of that fact. Maybe we didn't in the, in the Patreon poll. Talk about that too much, but that was something that's always underlying every time we looked at an option was, is this sustainable? Does this make it so the fun that we have doing this Would that suck the life out of that? Mm -hmm. So I don't think so. Um, One thing to note is if we do um, increase to weekly, the off week episodes will not be the same as the current ones. Mm. They will be exciting and different. Yeah. And also shorter. And yeah, and, and probably shorter. You know, asterisk, who knows? It might end up being roughly the same. But w- our plan is that we can just get in your ear holes weekly. Yeah. You know, that's the goal in, in these off weeks. Something that kind of changes it up a little bit, but we're still us. We're still yeah having the fun we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's exciting. Other uh, exciting thing is I just signed a lease for an office space. What? Woo! Is Evan Meredith going to be there? Yes. Awesome. Um, Stanley, too. Yes. Uh, I... Uh, I haven't said this anywhere other than on my, uh, Patreon behind the scenes post. Um, but yeah, so it's starting in December and it's three years. Um, and it's got 1400 square feet divided up into three rooms. One's kind of more of like a giant utility closet. Um, not utility closet it's just a giant like not painted concrete floor like area with high ceilings and then there's two office spaces with a dividing wall with like a window in it and like, there's like a little kitchenette in the bigger room does have a fridge in the kitchenette there is but there's a spot for one um, so I'm gonna put oh, one in oh yeah baby dude I'm gonna fucking fill that thing with fucking diet <laughs> so dude. much diet do in that fridge bro <laughs> we'll put the the, the, the the do neon sign over the fridge <laughs> yeah don't even open this if that's not what you're neon, going yeah. for it's like packed and the freezer is just Jagermeister <laughs> Uh, So that's exciting, and that means uh, sets for everything. So that means a dedicated podcast set. And so I have been working with a carpenter to create a simplified version of our logo to make uh, a large wooden trapped under plastic logo like you see on this sweater I'm wearing right now uh, that we want to glue all of your sprues to. Do we want to do the shout out for the sprue collection now? I think what is the best idea is if we did it, when I was in the office space so I'd have somewhere to put them all. Sure. Uh, because I don't the The reason why I'm moving out is because I just am out of space. There's mm-hmm. shit along the walls that I just could probably find a space for but I'm just you know. But then it's, then it's a pain every time you got to take it out and put it back. And, yeah I feel like reinvent the storage wheel whenever yes. I have to figure this out again. I, so, I feel you. Yeah. yeah so we'll wait for that um, but yeah at some point we want all your used sprues whatever whatever sprues you want to give us. They could be with bits clipped out with bits still in doesn't matter uh, but yeah. Yeah, And uh, so this is your note to look to the skies for the bat signal. It's not up yet, but it will be soon. And so if you have been collecting sprues or you've got a bunch of sprues and you want to send them uh, to make it on the official wall, and I think when we do that, you want to sign or write on there with a permanent marker on the spruce somewhere, put your name on there, put a little message, yeah. put a little something. Um, not not a whole lot of surface area. To not draw. a whole lot of surface area. You're gonna have to work on your detail work, right? <laughs> yeah. You're gonna paint eyes. You need to be able to write, you know, Moby Dick on this side <laughs> of the sprue. Okay, the whole book. So, um, and we'll read those, and uh, and uh, it will be forever a part of Trapped Under Plastic lore. Yeah. So yeah, we're really excited. Um, other stats would be like live streaming sets for both painting and gaming separately. So I'm working with a company to get a copy a copy get one of their gaming tables uh as like an exchange for like sponsorship for kill your friends future episodes of that and also live streams and then a live streaming area for painting uh, which is also a recording area for painting as well and then like an editing area so. are you talking to wormwood dude you need to get that fucking wormwood bro <laughs> honestly i want that 3500 hundred dollar table they don't seem very interested and working with me which is fine um but like i have a contact with them i actually have two contacts with them because they sent me dice trays for kill your friends yeah and i did the whole like like ad read thing that we agreed to and i emailed those contacts again and they never responded um and then i emailed like that there's like a they have like an email line that's like for working with them mm-hmm. and i was like okay, i'll email this one and she was like the lady he responded was was polite but she was like I don't I I don't know how to service what you need you need to talk to these people that I've already spoken with. And I was like they didn't reply. It's like are you in the same fucking building? Can you go and be like reply to this man? But like I don't know. This does the body language the virtual body language you could see them yeah was we don't we don't care to work with this particular like process or project so i was like okay fuck it so i went with a different uh company with equally beautiful uh carpentry cool 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 yeah Yeah, my 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 buddy when i play every saturday he's got one not a wormwood but a different company i can't remember which the name of the company is but it's very very nice yeah yeah so there's a lot of cool ones out there yeah i'm sure we'll hear about who whose table it is oh yeah yeah and we're uh, we're greasing some chins yeah yeah and then suddenly wormwood guy's gonna be like (laughs) this guy i'm sorry no no uh they got their own exciting things like very very fucking expensive dice trays and dice and stuff did i ever tell you about my issue that i've had with them i I got onyx dice like the precious stone onyx dice and they fucking chip oh no all over the place i sent pictures whatever crickets so seriously so you're not alone wait aren't those like really expensive yeah they're like six, $6. seventy five dollars i think for a set fuck bro that's a like chip because they they're a stone and you know how they chip this is the irony of it it chipped by rolling them in their wormwood dice roller tray. Oh, and like <laughs> like the side of the box or something like that. Yeah, but it like I, I roll them pretty gently too. And this, sure, they're yeah. in the bottom. But it's funny that the thing that they chipped on wasn't on like a like stone a- table. Yeah, it yeah. was their product oh chipping in gosh. their product. Granted, I love their products. They're fucking bougie as hell. They're they awesome. are. They're very. cool. They are right? awesome. Um, and you know, maybe they're just busy. They're not going to send me more dice. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> i mean you bought them they should fucking reply nah, to you nah, nah, nah. <laughs> um all right that that is all for the extra extra stuff now on what we painted john definitely painted more than me Did more I? minis yeah uh just some things i've been rolling through lately and this isn't everything since we last recorded but it's kind of the the heavy hitters. Um first and foremost I painted uh, my D&D character we start we st- restarted a campaign and I played a little goblin rogue there and I used I used to use I painted up a little 3D printed one that was super tiny. <laughs> and I think I shared that like maybe a year and a half ago on the podcast but I kitbashed one of the Noblars from the Blood Bowl team like the yeah. ones that I did for the Vincycon. Yeah, yeah. Um I took one of those and I I put a a dog, or no excuse me, not dog slicer, a horse chopper, <laughs> on it. a horse chopper. So it's a, a horse chopper is a giant pole arm that goblins use. It's a goblin made thing, okay, and it's made for taking charges for people on on horseback, okay. And so it's basically a long halberd, but it's got this hook on it, and so it actually not only can brace for a charge and just impale a horse, but if the riders are going by, they can swing at them and it like clanks around them and yank them off the horse. And so I had to kit bash a horse chopper because there is no horse chopper bit. And I used bits from like, um, what are the Sky Dwarves from Age of Sigmar? Caradron Overlords. Caradron Overlords. And then like a, a crappy spear from a... Uh, Nurgle model that they're all kind of rusty because they're goblins. And then yeah, I used yeah. two scale um, uh, model ship mast uh, rope and oh. I like wrapped the thing. That's like you just kind of cool. like ripped it to like put it together and they painted it all rusty, or whatever. So that is Misa. Misa the Goblin is done. Next, I hold think- on. Question. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're so fast. Uh, we, have I seen this model? You haven't. In fact, I don't is have it a an- video. An- no, I was just for fun. Okay. It was for fun. We were playing on a Sunday and I painted it up on, I was like, uh, we're restarting the campaign. I painted it up on a Friday night and it's just kind of for funsies. Okay. I will post pictures on Instagram and then we'll post pictures live here for those of you that are watching on YouTube. Okay. Um, he's not been seen by the outside world yet. Um, next, I painted an entire army <laughs> <laughs> Adeptus Mechanicus uh, 2000 point army. I was a commission. I did a video on that. I did. I watched it. Um, yeah. I watched it because you shit on me in the end of it. Yes. Dude, I like to just throw the little, <laughs> it's like the little kidney punches. The little reference. you right. And if you didn't know, you didn't know. Yeah. Like people, Most people didn't catch it. Yeah. But you want to have those Easter eggs. <laughs> you want to reward people for being goody peepees <laughs> and watching Scott's video from you know 18 months ago. <laughs> Longer than that. Yeah. It was a series, but yeah. then the final reveal one, maybe that was two years ago. I don't know. But it hasn't been talked about lately, but enough people in the comments caught the joke. Yeah. Um and I'm glad that you did. Yes. You know, I just, you know, we want, I want people to remember, you know, remember Scott. Oh, yeah, Scott, he makes videos too. I should go watch his video after this video. See, oh, wow. Oh, I was helping you oh, out. Oh, you know, helping you out. Yeah, that that is, man. Uh, I want to fire back right now, but you know, does a time and a place? There's, yeah, no. You this this feud can continue in in nasty little side shots randomly put through videos. Okay. This is, again, yeah. let's yeah. keep these these keep these Easter eggs coming. Um, actually, the painting of that that army. First of all, it's I did it in nine days. Um, it wasn't fun, but it wasn't unfun. <laughs> I didn't dislike it. Um, it felt there's a bit of freedom to painting somebody else's stuff. And at the same point, Oh, what is that freedom? John, you want to say it out loud? Uh, it doesn't have to necessarily meet my own personal army standards. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. (laughs) Oh, I know what you mean. Um, the blood angel army surprise is a five year old video. Woof, man, dates myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, 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 wouldn't go out of my way to do it again anytime soon anytime soon you hear that chat with a big enough offer john will paint your army <laughs> uh the biggest issue honestly i had with it was that i didn't this is all my own fault because he sent me the full battle scribe list like his his army list he took screenshots and sent me everything yeah um i miscalculated how many models it was it was over 120 models when i think ad i think cool robots whatever and some you know Small infantry boys. but yeah. dudes on horses the dudes on horses are beautiful models by the way um but it was uh, 80 infantry it was 11 of those ATST walker looking things okay. when i first looked at the list i thought it was two because they're in a unit oh no of four it was a unit of 5 and a unit of 6 of them i thought it was two models not 11 And then the box showed up and I'm like, there's there's way more here. There's way more. (laughs) Um, And only four little heroes. And there were two of the little fat dude. And then two of the cool little like Colonel looking dude. So it wasn't (laughs) even like a lot of little dudes. Yeah. It was just a (laughs) lot of little dudes. Um, So I painted that. Uh, It felt amazing to get that packed up. And then extremely scary to go to ups because i don't trust the united states postal service no. i paid more to send him through ups extremely scary to like have her take the box away yes and i was like please <laughs> i packed them so i had been collecting various sizes and shapes of bubble wrap for six months for this <laughs> like i had my entire i have a couch downstairs in my my little studio space um the entire couch was like a heaping mound of bubble wrap. <laughs> and it's all gone now, so I can sit on my couch. Nice. M- meaning my cat can sit on my couch because the bastard hasn't been able to sit on there for six months. But <laughs> Dobby? Dobby. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I painted a Tyranid Asterisk. Um, as of the recording of this episode, that video hasn't launched. It will uh, launch soon, but it will be out by the time this episode you guys see it. Um, it is a Tyranid mm, and the Necklace. Ti- necklace Tyranid. <laughs> <sighs> yes <laughs> all right i don't know what you want to say about it um it's the best Tyrannid scope that games workshop makes uh, except for games workshop didn't make it <laughs> so the title of this movie is games workshop no longer makes the best models for their own games <laughs> um so it gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be if salt Was flammable. This would be this is going to be a salt fire. Do you think the well that is shitting on GW in YouTube titles can go dry? No, not as long as they're as big as they are. Okay, it's it's look at look at YouTube. I mean, it is a trend that YouTube the spicy negative video titles are subjects. That's a different well. Yeah, that is good always. But like specifically GW, I I feel that the kinds of people that react negatively to those videos aren't your typical watchers. True. And they might not even be typical YouTube viewers. True. And by typical YouTube viewers, I mean someone that has channels they watch devotedly. Not the kind of person who watches YouTube to figure out how to fix a drain. That's not a YouTube viewer. Yeah. So, So those kinds of people in my head after a while... Will see those titles as bait and just not click on them. But I don't know if that's the, the, what's actually happening. Right. I'm curious what you think. Um, I try something. I try very hard on something, and I don't know if I've ever said this publicly or not, um, because I fully admit that some of my titles are clickbaity. Oh, of course. Um, so are mine. It it is the nature of, and and people have at you know have mentioned this in my, my comments section of the videos and I acknowledge it fully and I say you you can shit on me because of the title but my point is that once you're here the, the quality of the video or what you learn or is it entertaining or is it educational is it a combination of both makes it worth the click and if that's not true if it doesn't have substance then you have every right in the world to crap all over me you can anyway it doesn't matter to me but my goal is that I, I just want you to watch it. And if that's what the YouTube, al- YouTube algorithm requires for me to reach people that don't otherwise watch me, but I think would have value or, or like the videos, then I have no shame in doing it because I want people to have fun, get excited to paint their models, see that it's not the, you know, the big roadblock that they put in front of themselves and just sit down and hobby. And if it takes that to do it, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, now, uh, you're right that there's probably a a a point where it is going to just get old. Yeah, problem in some ways it might already be there. Yeah, um, I think the, like for instance the topic video of paint a whole army in a short period of time. I think that well is dry. Yeah, I think it like when we first did those kinds of videos, they got hundreds of thousands of views, mm-hmm. and now they're like they don't even break hundred k in like yeah. a month. Yeah. Like Jeremy made a video where is can I print and paint a whole model in a day. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, sorry. Yeah. A whole army. I'm like, no, like who can do that? Yeah. Um, And I didn't get that many views. Uh, And like, I, I've had similar videos of similar topics that haven't got that many views. So I think, I think there is a little bit of, that happening yeah i think it's it's sometimes looking at the core and maybe this is uh this is probably some aspect of in the off week episodes might be like is us talking about YouTube. hobby from hobby in the youtube perspective yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And let us know guys if this is like like boring as shit to you um <laughs> i think that there's a core interest there you just need to evolve the ways you 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 approach the core and the core yeah. of those is how do i get my army painted and and it doesn't kill me, or it isn't something that takes me a year to do when I do it every day. And so, how are do sure you not saying seven years? Yeah. <laughs> um, how do I? How do I achieve that? Um, I think the speed painting thing is is on that realm too. Like speed painting videos, I think are past their peak of how popular. That they I are. agree. I agree. And so, it, it, things ebb and flow. Yeah, Um, but I I know that from my process of doing speed painting videos, like I've learned a bunch of things that have I've taken on to all different kinds of painting that I do. So I feel like it's there's still value to it. But how do we approach it where people still feel it's fresh? Yeah. Um, Um, Also, I will say about the clickbait thing. You spend 40 to 60 hours on a video that you pour your creative heart and soul into and then not use clickbait thumbnails and titles just because of your own pride. Let's see you do that. It's Yeah. If that's like the one thing that's going to get people through the fucking door to watch the video that I died for, didn't die for, I'm being traumatic, um, I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Even people with a half a million or a million or two million subscribers, that ma- that number doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, dude. All it matters, all it does is it gives you a, a better chance at a click through rate. Yeah, better, better visibility. Yep. From, from. The first like four hours, right? Yeah. Four to eight hours. And then from there, what often makes or breaks a video is what happens on days two through seven. And those are mostly people that aren't subscribed to you or maybe they are and they just don't watch all your videos and they don't have the bell notification or whatever. And they find something that attaches them that entices them to click. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's I, I think that's exactly my my thoughts as well. I worked my butt off on this because I—I think the quality and substance in the video is there. I want you to watch it, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a draining thing to like beat yourself up over weeks to create a video, and then it does <laughs> shitty. You're just like, well, fuck, yeah, because like, yeah, this this YouTube style of video is not like. I can just start making a video. It's like I have to do this whole creative process beforehand, and then I can make the video. So it's kind of like a two-for-one. Um, but anyways, we are getting a little off topic. We are. Um, Lord, I apologize. Any- you want to say anything more about your NID, or did you want to move on? Um, I tried to paint it like the GW kind of box art yeah, scheme, but yeah, yeah. Like heavy metal-ish, not like super simple, but, but. Yeah, but it actually didn't take me very long, and I enjoyed that process. It was fun. It was, um I sent you uh, the, and the, the Vinci squad, the pictures yeah um, you're like oh it's clean it's very clean yeah (laughs) you're surprised and like i kind of enjoyed painting like that good again i don't have a style i paint (laughs) a million different ways and this one was fun this time yeah yeah that's all i want to say all right cool uh, I painted a bust um, from Mindwork Games. It's the first sponsorship I have done in a year and a half where the sponsor is a model that I'm painting for a video. I kind of swore those off after a little bit because I realized that they were kind of fucking with my enjoyment of the hobby. But I genuinely like this miniature. I, I like cooking uh, as like a pastime. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a chef and he's a good bust. Um, Such a... Such a freaking cool bust. Yeah. There's a, so much story and character to this. It is. And it's not overdone with details. It's a lot of... Right. You have a lot of special... You have a lot of space for interpretation, if you want to, with the fish scale. And also, like, he has tons of space on his arms for, like, tattoos, if you wanted to do that. I was deciding between doing tattoos or doing, like, the a fish freehand pattern. Um, That's good. Yeah. I think if you did both, one, it would take a lot more time. It would, yeah. And... You could do, like, a faint one. Maybe, like, a small one. Yeah. He's got the scar there too, so there's already an interesting detail you put a little redness to it, yeah He better get that checked out hope he has a tetanus yeah, shot he's looking a little grim, a little grim, but yeah, that was fun and the collar what's the deal with the collar no what's the idea. story on the collar? I don't know the story on the cars but it does does not look friendly no, um but yeah, I enjoyed painting that model it's like I think it's my fifth bus that I've painted um and i have I have three more in my closet that I am looking forward to painting um two of them are spira mirabilis uh ones i just got my spear model in the mail yesterday. Which one got the, the new goblin warrior with the mm. mace and the shield oh yeah, yeah yeah god it's so crispy oh yeah that one was really good yeah i didn't buy that one uh, i think i might just might buy all of them this is an investment <laughs> from now on i don't know if you guys saw this my, my, maybe this goes in the news but every single black friday uh broken toad does bright friday and they do a charity thing and the charity thing this time is a raffle for like 10 different busts from Spira. Mm-hmm. And so you you buy a raffle ticket the donations go to charity and then you might get like 10 different busts. Yeah. From Spira. I Pretty think cool. it's it's 15 euros is, is the cost for a ticket. Okay. That's kind of worth Kind of worth it. Yeah, if you get one, it for sure. And, and I don't think get one. Goes. I think you get all of them, don't you? No, 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 no. Oh. It's 10 different people. Each win one. Okay, that's I, fine. That's the way I interpreted it. That's fine, yeah. I could be wrong. But yeah, very cool. And all the money goes to charity. They talk about what charity it goes to, which is also awesome. Yeah. Um, in the post. Um, I also uh, casted some bases for my uh, Greyjoys. they casted a base, man! they finally have bases. They've been on unpainted black bases forever, which is... The like killing like me. Yes. yes he's a, yeah, you go for communion. Yeah. <laughs> Pop these things back. Ah. Um, yeah, so that is nice. Finally, they're based. Um, I painted a Sister Battle Mall, just like you did for drunk mini painting. Oh, that's right. I forgot about those. <laughs> yeah, and then I made that table topper back behind me, um, which doesn't have a space to go on a wall, because I don't have four feet of continuous wall space anywhere. It doesn't have like a poster on it or something like that. You're going to like hang it by like nails or something? So I on the bottom, I don't know why we put it down there, but I built in these little MDF hooks uh with a hole in them for uh, like a rod to be installed in a fucking oh my god, what are they called in walls? Not a, a joist, that's a ceiling. Oh. What's a wall joist called? Uh, of 2 by 4 <laughs> a stud. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh to install like some rods in a stud so I can hang it by that. I might do that in the new office space. Um What if you had like a closet or on a wall where it had a bunch of these steel rods that are running and they're all on rods and you just like pull them like a closet yeah you, you slide did, like, them in and out 360 and they like kind of like yeah. yeah dude like a big lazy susan of <laughs> all your boards <laughs> which board would you like to battle on today sir uh yeah that's what i did for my hobbying. okay we got a lot of hobby done can we just say that well it's been a month so Shh, don't tell them that i mean yeah you crushed it you painted a whole fucking army that was amazing oh boy yeah all right now on to the topic so again james did all this research for us and we're going to do top five grossing Kickstarters. And the first category, of course, is minis. Ones that sell any kind of miniature for any kind of purpose. Yes. So let's quick, quick talk about what are the different, the different categories. So we have the miniatures category. We have the miniatures tools category. We have the tech slash other category. And we have the board game category. So if you like how this format and how we go over it, if you like how this works, it's all because of Scott and John. If you dislike it, <laughs> talk to the writer goblin. Yeah. James is on you, babe. <laughs> no pressure. All right. Starting with minis. Um. The highest grossing mini Kickstarter at $3,429,235 is Bones Dark Heaven. Haven? It's heaven. Dark Heaven. I went to it. You double checked? Uh, I didn't double check, but it's not important. Bones Dark Heaven? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, I feel like Dark Haven was a better name. I'm sorry. It was. Yes. I'm sorry, Reaper. This funded in 2012... This is old as fuck. Twenty twelve. Yeah, I, I like that he put the dates in there. It's very helpful to give us some perspective. Seventeen thousand backers, yeah. two hundred and forty minis, sixteen thousand people backed at the hundred dollar level that got you two hundred and forty miniatures. This is the first Reaper Kickstarter that used the bones uh the, nomenclature, the yeah. nomenclature. Yeah, they got that they got full-on boners. You got a full 20, 240 boners for this price. <laughs> when you look at it that way. It's actually a pretty good deal. Um, I think a couple things of why this is number one. Number one. Number one. First of all, new exciting boners. You know, (laughs) right? It's all in bones now. And it was a new thing. It's exciting. You get so many more because they're cheaper to make. They're nice, crispy-ish plastic, you know, at the time. That's number one. Number two is the date, 2012. 2012, what do we not have? Like any kind of kickstarters like this, well, we you, this the sheer amount of it. You're exactly right. Yeah. We did not have getting all the minis for your D and D campaign. Mostly at that point, a lot of it was pre painted stuff, which you got like six to eight models from Wizards of the Coast in a box, and that was twenty five bucks. Like yeah. what you get for your money here. Granted, you had to paint them yourself, but more importantly, I think in in my mind in 2012, what we didn't have. Was a superfluous, not a word, amount, superfluous is a word. Yeah, Superfluous is not a word. (laughs) Amount of 3D printing. Okay. So this was a time where if you wanted to have a a, a theoretical huge amount of minis for your own collection, this was the way to do it. So you're saying that future Kickstarters had their profits cut into by 3D printing? I I think that those hobby dollars... Um, are now spread out. Well, let's test that theory. Let's uh, test it. Number two, and you're going to notice a bit of a theme here. Is Reaper Bones five released in October 2019, uh, earning three million three hundred two thousand dollars? Just just a hundred thousand short of its uh, of the other one. This is number five. Okay. Yes, it is. So we went from the we first bones Kickstarter to number five as the second grossing one. Yeah. You can still get in on a late pledge as of October thirty first, two thousand. What the fuck? This is two years old. Yeah, and they—I think it's because like they haven't launched their next one yet. Once they go, they do like one a year, I think, typically. And this one, or one every two years, because this is two years old. E, and I think six. I can't remember which one they're on. I'm sorry. That's okay. um. But we j- just got Josh, buddy Josh, that we go to Deftcon with. He's yeah. back. The last Josh-y. two. Josh he's back the last two. And the last one I went in on him with, um, and then I, I'm like, ah, there's just going to be a couple things I want out of it. Not even. I'm like, whatever. Josh take it off. You <laughs> don't even want it anymore. <laughs> uh, so every time the giant box comes, we go to his. I go over to his house. We go in the basement. We dump it out. We look at every single model. Um, it's just it's just quantity, baby. Yeah. Like if you want, and I will say Josh is probably the exception to the rule, but he and his wife paint, like. Most of them, like they crank through all this stuff. What? I, they don't, they just want them painted. They want them for gaming. His wife just likes to paint for fun. And so they, that's cool, man. Yeah. But maybe more people do that. I don't know. I just envision 80% of people that buy bones. They're mostly not painted. Yeah. I would say of all the bones miles in the world bought from Kickstarters, 98% of them are unpainted. <laughs> yes. uh, but so here's, about, here's what I'm saying about 3d printing. This came out in 2019 now, granted, not, uh, would you say three printing was in full swing? I don't think it was in full swing. I, in it, didn't, it didn't have the sheer amount of Patreon stuff. Like that's the new trend is all going yeah. to a Patreon monthly 50 plus model sculpts a month and all yeah. that. And, and it is a slightly different category too. Like I, and this is totally no research beyond this. This is not the writer goblins speaking here. Um, the extra level of work in the three D printing sphere, I don't think maybe is always as enticing to the D anD D player um, as it is those trying to have their own custom sculpts for their war games or just for artistic reasons and okay. stuff. So interesting. I don't think there is a one to one overlap here, but I think it probably has some, um, you know, some connection there. I'm trying to figure out when the Anycubic Photon, the original like consumer one, launched. I can't figure it out. I keep getting links for the DLP Ultra one that's launching in 2021. Uh, but I'm curious when that one came out. I feel like that's when we kind of really kicked off. And Then you saw like the Elegoo Mars. Then you saw like Frozen. All, all these different companies making consumer-grade resin 3D printers. Anyways. 4K, 6K, 8K. Exactly. 12K. I, I just got my 6K. In the mail this week the any cubic 6k i tell the story real quick yeah well, i got an 8k one coming so uh, i looked at that one because i uh, one of my patrons is asking me about um a stuff so i had a quick meeting with her and talked about it and we looked at stuff and that 8k one i'm like from frozen from frozen i'm like honestly if i was going to buy a printer today that one looks like the spicy meatball right there i'm making a video on it in december oh baby Anyway, I had the DL. I got the DLP one. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of issues with it. Maybe okay. talked about it. Uh, finally got word back from their engineers uh, that it uh, they they would need it sent back because there's something wrong with it. Even though I got it working pretty good, that I can't fix myself through settings. And so they're like, "Well, instead of sending that back to China to get fixed and sent back to you, can we just send you the six K one, the new six K one instead?" And I'm like, uh, "Fine, yes." So I got that one. (laughs) Begrudgingly, begrudgingly yes, you can send me your free thing. got another 3D printer. This is going to be number three printer in your house? Yes, but I actually just uh, sold one, my first one, to my buddy. He wanted one for forever for next to nothing, and I gave him some resin and Yeah, I don't need three. and He's excited, and it's great. I don't need more than one, honestly. No. You need one that works just right. That you got dialed in You got with the resin you like. Yeah. Okay, uh, so you want to do the next one for us? I think there's a little bit of a trend here, though. Uh, Reaper Bones 2 it comes in third on the list with $3.17 million, just under 15,000 backers in October 2013. Again, 100 bucks for the core set. And see what they do is they get you. It's 100 bucks for the core set, and they have a whole bunch of these add-on things. It's like, $19, you want to add this group of giants, and then $7, you want to add these three wolves, yes. whatever. And so people ain't just spending 100 bucks on this. I think the average spend price is probably more like Two two fifty. What's interesting is that the second place has more backers, almost a thousand more backers than Dark Heaven, the first one. And then this one, Dark Bones Two, has four thousand less backers than Reaper Bones Five, and it isn't. It didn't make that much less money, um, or two hundred thousand dollars. Maybe it did. I guess when we're talking about three million dollars here, two hundred thousand seems like a change change. Um, but yeah, these these numbers are interesting. So it'd be it'd be interesting to like see the the tiers they have and how they broke down. I mean, not that interesting. Um, but yeah, interesting observation. What percentage of their annual profit as a company comes from Kickstarter Reaper? I mean, I don't know because three million. It's roughly one a year. They have a large facility in Texas, many employees, distribution to all kinds of different stores. I would say. It's like 20%, 30%? Oh, I think it's a lot more than that. I don't think so. They're worldwide. I (laughs) do Um, mate. Okay, I I see, well, there's probably a lot lot of other factors in this, but they have boomed as a business in the last, I don't know, they've been around for forever. Yeah. Um, But they've really boomed in the last 10 years, and I think a lot of that is directly associated with Kickstarter, not only from the money that they bring in there, but the – notoriety and kind of top of mind awareness it brings to their brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And then maybe here is a ongoing conversation for this whole episode of companies that don't need Kickstarter, but still use Kickstarter. Sure. Like it's like a moral thing, but I don't even know if it's that, like if I'm them, I still do it. Right. Exactly. You know, because it's a platform that people know they're familiar with, they're excited about people go there um, you're just going to get more traffic than if you did the exact thing they're doing right now, but run it through your own website. Yeah. It would, it would probably be a very noticeable drop-off in the amount of people yeah. that would back the product. So, What I'm curious about is that there are other hobbies on YouTube that do what our hobby does. Because there are plenty of people that are using Kickstarter as it's intended to be used. And they make a fuckload of money. Like having some new interesting tech, a new new interesting app, like a dog walking thing, whatever it is, it makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Kickstarter as a company doesn't care if Simon makes ten different campaigns because they are also making money off of all these things, right. right? But do you think there are other hobbies or any other categories in general that do what our hobby does? Established companies running campaigns annually as a large form of their profit. Well, I look to like the video game industry, and yeah. that doesn't really happen, right? Yeah, you know the the closest thing is something like um, Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night, which is the uh, creator and developer these two gentlemen that uh, basically created the Castlevania franchise. Oh, well. yeah. they don't have the Castlevania franchise anymore, right? They basically made a Castlevania uh, crawl dungeon crawl two D game. Oh. Kickstarted from that, and it made a shitload of money because they had the notoriety of people wanting this kind of a thing, yeah. and started out in their own company, and it did massive. So this is it out? Can you play it? Yeah, it's been out for like a year. Is it good? Have you played it? Yeah, I beat it. It's oh, fucking I would, amazing. I would love to play that. that's like so much fun. I got it on PS4. You can get it on PC though too. Oh nice. You get it on Steam. Okay. So What's, I would. Do you know what it's called? Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Oh yeah, fucking. <laughs> 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 all right. Um. Yeah, it's a very, very good game. Very much in line with the history of the Castlevania, Metroidvania-style 2D platformers. Cool. Um, so, yeah, but it's not like Konami is is putting shit on there. It's not like right, EA is putting shit on there. Yeah. I, I don't know. There There's probably examples, but I can't think of any. Like comic book or book ones or things like that. Mm. But like Marvel or like DC or... I'm blanking on other publishers at the moment. Uh, they're, they're not running fucking Kickstarter campaigns. No, they're not going to. They're so big that they don't need someone to be sticking their hands in their little pocketses and grabbing their shickles. <laughs> shickles. Yeah. Like they don't need that. Uh, all right, this is still the first category. we got to move on here. Yeah, So that, okay, uh, that's kind of a drop-off. Oh, that's just a column break in the page. Never mind. It's not. Yeah, is there a big drop-off? No, there isn't. There, there isn't. Number four. $60,000 difference. We're finally on Reaper Bones for a second here. <laughs> for a second. We're, just for a second. There's a little uh, foreshadowing for you. <laughs> um, Hero Forge 2.0, January 2020. 20- 39,000 backers, three point one million dollars. Thirty-nine thousand backers. Yeah. That is twice as much as any of these preceding campaigns, pretty much. Yep. It is so this is their big thing was the 3D printed in full color. Yeah. If you this remember a, this. This is an innovation, yeah. Um, and I'm curious if anybody out there, any to PP's back this and they actually have like there's probably pictures out there we can actually see whatever. Yeah, how good do they look? Yeah. They obviously, aren't gonna have any depth of color, right? No, yeah, it's solid color. But if there's crisp lines, do they do they black line with 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 the pink or with the printing lines? I don't know. I don't know I don't what know. kind of tech they use, but conceivably they could have like gradients of color depending on how complicated the tooling is for painting these models, right? Right. Um. So I think this goes to show. All right. So we're seeing with all the miniatures, uh, spoilers. All these miniatures are D and D focused. Yes. Um. That's what we're seeing. And yet, the audience for on YouTube, and probably Twitch, for painting minis for D anD D, is seemingly so much less than for <laughs> war games. Yeah, like so what does that suggest? Uh, I mean, in this ba- maybe this Kickstarter kind of proves the point. D- People D- wanted the stuff painted. Yeah, D anD D folks don't necessarily care too much about having their models painted. War gamers care a little bit more. Right. Yep. And it's not that there aren't yeah. obviously. Our D&D game, we want to have all of our right. stuff painted. Yeah. And we typically do, um, including the terrain and all that funny stuff. But <laughs> I think it's so a, funny. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> uh, it's the silly little scrolls and chesticles and <laughs> obulets. <laughs> <laughs> They're all obulets. <laughs> um, um, but I think it's kind of a, it's like a distant second, right? Yeah. Whereas in wargaming it it seems the hobby is more 1A1B yeah. for most people. For D&D it's, you know, it's it's there, we wouldn't mind it and everything like that, but it's not is necessary. And there obviously there are plenty of people that don't feel that way and know plenty of people that watch our videos and just for our, D&D, our D&D, D&D. Yeah. And so. there are D&D content channels on Twitch, Critical Role being a huge one. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not about the painting. It's about the D and D, the playing. And there are, are other Dungeon Masters that have channels on YouTube that talk about the playing of D. So that, that has that yes. own content it, creation mill. A massive, yeah. a massive crowd. You see you saw the the leak the leaky poos of <laughs> who who made the most money in twenty nineteen. Oh, on Twitch? On Twitch. Critical and number roles. one was Critical Role. Critical role, yeah. So they're massive. Yes. Season three started. Oh, boy. Do you like watching that? Uh, I watched all of season three thus far, and I watched Alexandria Unlimited. I got tried to get into it in season two, and it didn't really do it for me. But actually, I found... Uh, oops, I almost let a cat out of the bag. that I didn't know if I wanted to let out of the bag. Now that I have time to like <laughs> be actively doing things for my YouTube channel... While background noise is going on, it's a great thing for that because you don't have to watch it. Yes. Did you ever watch Geek and Sundry's, like, really highly produced, like, d d campaign thing? Yeah. Like, was they that had good? A, they had a lot of- They had a um, game they made for it, right? Yes. It, they had, like, a uh, um, hobby side of it and everything, too, where yeah. they'd have painters come on and they'd do whatever. And yeah. it was very high production. Yeah. Yeah. We um, know someone locally who went to- participate on the painting adjacent show yeah, michelle. michelle michelle from dave and michelle yeah from dave and michelle right. uh they like she had like a like there's like a makeup department and all kinds of crazy stuff yeah um we should have michelle on first of all she'd be a great guest yeah and i i want to i want to talk about her uh, hollywood experience yeah hollywood mini painting experience absolutely that'd be so cool um Okay. Yeah. Well, another tangent on this. Uh, but uh, James, the writer, has a note here. This tool is really neat and has come a long way since version one. So, so you can like go on, I'm sure, right now on Hero Forge's website and like custom because you could always custom make your characters. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. Jeremy from Black Magic Craft made Scott on Hero Forge. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Jeremy, he did a video about this tool that you can see. We'll link that below if you're interested about it. Yes. Very cool. Okay, back on track. Number five. Back on track. Uh, uh, Back in the old Reaper Bones lane, Scott. The Bones track. Bones 4, August 1st, 2017. 16,000 backers, three mil. Bones 3 Okay, the totally epic adventure. So, yeah, it's more of the same thing. Uh, We don't need to talk about more. Uh, And then sixth place is Bones 3. Seventh place is the Critical Role. Uh, Miniature starter, and then after that is one called Blacklist miniatures. So we're not going to talk about all those. Um, but yes, the prevailing thing is these are all role playing game focused things, pretty much. Right, entirely are. Right. Yeah. Maybe not Blacklist miniatures, but that wasn't even top five. Yep. Um, yeah, it's all focused on D and D. Whatever form of D and D you play, these miniatures could be used in that game. Yeah. So. Very very cool, and it is a great use for that. Honestly, you need because the thing with D and D is you need. It's not like I I need to buy a whole box of Necrons for my Necron army, and then I paint all my Necrons. D and D, &D, you need to have different minis for characters. You need to have a boatload of different kinds of monsters. Yes, you know, or any situation. You know, if you want to have fight a beholder, you don't want to throw a dragon out there. You know, you want to have. At least close to the right mini. So you need such a variety. And that's where I think Bone scratches that itch because you yes. just get such a wide variety of Yes, shit. absolutely. So very, very cool. Okay, let's go on now to miniature tools. Yes. This one is the one that excites me the most. You think cause, so? Because I think it's most associated with our lane. And by our lane, I mean from the mini painting perspective, the hobby perspective, the things that we've probably have. Most of these or all of these, the Goody Peeps have will be familiar with. Yeah, exactly. Are there only four? Um, one, two, three. Yep, four. That's okay. All right. Um, these are these are four heavy hitters. Yes. Once you started out here, okay. Uh, the the first one, the most prolific one. Uh, actually, maybe not, but close. Is uh, Squidmar's Brushes launching in June of 2020? It has seven thousand. Backers grossing a seven hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. How many Kroners is that, Scott? Six million kroners! Hold the Kroners! Yeah, so the premier item here was the brush set, which came with four brushes, but he also had busts and full figures, quite a few of them actually, maybe like even six, five or six of them. They sold alongside his brushes. He even uh look at this. The the writer goblin wrote down the names of all five busts that were offered. Oh, Helma Era Renuen. <laughs> that's us being swedish get it yes yeah those are all swedish <laughs> names from the swedish isles i don't know if sweden has isles um you, what do you have in your hand right now squidmar mark one tobolsky kalinsky brush here some Bolsky. Bolsky. it's the medium size uh squidmar uh said fuck numbers i'm gonna use t-shirt sizes so he has XXL and no I don't know what he has here he has uh, X small small medium and large um, so yeah uh, let me see this let me just tear this thing apart it's a brush oh yeah just suck on those bristles <laughs> what the hell what are you doing are you getting off the excess water you don't know how to do that that's the, way, that's the way that artists bring their brushes to a point by tapping on their knuckles so you can is there water in this bro yeah there is here let, me, let me show you. I mean, all right, you guys, audio listeners. I'm taking the brush and I'm I'm putting it in the cup and I'm, I'm going to get a bunch of water on it. Okay. So that's obviously not at a point right now, right? Yeah. It kind of. It, sure, yeah. Kind of, I could smash it, it in it, the bottom. It, 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 it could be better. Could I smash it in the bottom? Yeah, smash it. Okay. We're going to smash it in the bottom. Okay. All right. Now it is thick with water and not at all in a tip. I would never paint with that. You yeah. never paint with that. So now you take your knuckle or your hand. And you smack the brush against it, uh, just kind of where your hand's gonna hold the brush. Okay. You smack it a couple of times. Now look at the tip. Don't worry about that little tray here. <laughs> you, stra- you strategically uh, oriented, uh, sh- oriented it. Look no, at the quality it, control. Yeah, it does something. Yeah, it's t- interesting. So that's so sm- getting the brush full of water and then smacking it on against your hand um, takes flicks off the excess moisture and it sucks the end to a sharp tip that's what artists do when they obviously don't want to suck on their brush yeah and so like the freaks that we are yeah freak a leak so yeah that's that's (laughs) about that is uh that's pretty good that's usable dude okay you think you can get it sharper than that with your mouth yeah okay let's take a we need to do a scientific experiment so that that looks worse. <laughs> it's not. It's not just the mouth, but it's also doing this. You know, you do the, you do doing the, the, doing the, the twist, the roll and twist. Yeah, look at that. Beat that. I think it's the same. Three sixty. That bitch. It's no, no. Yeah, we need, we need the we need the eight <laughs> k up close up to see the before and after. Anyway, neither here nor there. Nice looking Kolinsky brushes. I I've not tried them. Golden but. brown. They have uh, they have like hard edges, so the brush doesn't roll around. Can appreciate oh, that design element. Interesting. I like that. I never thought of that. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of you viewers have, uh, have a couple. Some squiddy brushes. Some squiddy I like brushes. The, the sizing, the small, medium, large, extra large, because numbers mean jack shit, because yeah. every single brand is use numbers differently. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, that, that it's more obvious that people like a small is going to be smaller than a medium. Um, we're all familiar with those terms. What about Schmedium. Because if I did it, <laughs> I would make up bullshit names for them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next on the list, my favorite, Red Grass Games, the Wet Palette, the Everlasting Wet Palette, thirteen thousand backers, one million dollars. Oh, this is the two. Oh, the one's not here. Okay, this is May twenty twenty. Okay, now he's going in in different order. Cause the first, the first category. God damn it, James. James, <laughs> the first category of miniatures. It went from number one down. Right? Uh, One, two, three, four okay. Now with this With tools We're starting at number four Actually that was number three So Squid Mars I don't really know How we didn't catch this In our review meeting <laughs> We should have definitely Said something Yes That is number three That Sorry. was number three This is number two Are you No farting? let's let's you, let's go you, back up to four Let's go back up to four Did you already say What two was No oh, You said it was You said red grass screams I did Forget that We never said that Black it out black Here, okay. Here's the little uh, Men in black Here everyone look all right, we can't see number four. Number so, four. Number four is the cult of paint airbrush. For all you cultists out there, that's what they call them. That's what little Andy Wardle calls all his cult. <laughs> calls him <them> cultists. <laughs> calls him cultists. Uh, I love you, Andy. I watch your recent videos. Um, fucking little andle, little Andy, no. little boy. Nope, you <laughs> will fucking crush me. Uh, here is the infinity variety. Uh, Andy sent this to me. It works very well. The Infinity is a very good airbrush. Um, oh shit! I didn't know this. James coming in with a hot info. The, the cult hottest of Cult of Paint is a subsidiary of Element Games. So a lot of people are in bed with Element Games. A lot of people. Okay, calm down. <laughs> uh, but yeah, his airbrush has that ergonomic trigger that he knows. I don't. I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, but also his the needle profile. On these uh, cold paint br- airbrushes was the new one that was coming to Harder and Steenbeck that wasn't out yet at mm-hmm. the time of this Kickstarter. So he got advanced use of some tech here from Harder and Steenbeck before everyone else did who was a Harder and Steenbeck fan. And innovative tech. I've never used Harder and Steenbeck, but. The I, best uh, thing about this is that you can take off the needle guard uh, toolless, uh, and I can spin off this thing toolless. You don't need a chuck. No, and then I can clean the needle. Very oh. nice. I don't got to pull it out the back. Yeah, baby. And it has a hard stop, so you know that's when I stop turning. There is no like crank that shit down with a wrench. Yeah. It stops at a certain point, pop it back on. Super easy. Oh, that that's that's really good. That is that's a really cool design. Yeah. I like yeah, that. Cuz that part of the the needle that isn't easily accessible is often the thing that's going to give you clogs. Um so to be able to pop that off I was going as to like fucking stab myself. I would just stab myself all the time with this. And then here's the evolution infinite uh cult to paint uh, evolution. Evolution. Oh man. We are discovering that I own too many airbrushes. But sew. same same thing. You can pull uh, the needle cap off and unscrew it without tools. This is a sexy motherfucker. It is. It's a hot airbrush. I could see why it got number four on the tools with $200,000 that that it made with 751 backers. And that's what you go. You get a high quality Primo tool. You don't need 7,000 backers, 751 backers, and you can make 200 grand. Uh, 191 US dollars for the Evolution model made of nickel and gold. Literal gold. (laughs) Uh, It's probably brass, right? Polished brass. Uh, Maybe gold plated. Okay, yeah, maybe. gold cool bladed. 266 for the Infinity model with aluminum body, raised trigger, and quick connects. And it had add ons as well. Um, let's try airbrushing featuring MIDI crap, Miniac. Wow. Steady Crafton, man. Did you just call me Mini Crap? Yeah. <sighs> mini Crap featuring the tickler. <laughs> Fucking A. <laughs> uh... Fucking A. My. That's number four. Number four. Let's go back to number two, which you teased earlier. Number two was Squid Mars Klinsky Brushes. And number uh, two is the Redgrass Wet Palette number two. So this is the recent one. This just funded in June 2021. Yes. And I've got the reusable membranes and I haven't tried them yet, but I've gone back to my red grass wet palette. In fact, we're gonna be streaming live on Twitch later at twitch.com backslash miniac. Backslash <laughs> I, like, I, like I don't want anyone forward slashing this <laughs> SOB, okay? <laughs> okay? Okay? Yeah, now we're good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be streaming live and I got my uh, I got my red grass games the, the littler one. The, the little, little Annie Wardle of red grass <laughs> pellets. The little orange one. That I use. Yeah. Uh, have you tried the, the reusable membrane? No, because normal paper is reusable, so it is not an innovation. You can take normal paper and clean it off and reuse it. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> have you never tried this? Do you reuse your toilet paper, too, Scott? Yeah, I do, I do. Okay, I put it on the counter in there <laughs> earlier. Oh, naughty. You got to work around the brown spots. You yeah. just work around until you use it all the way up. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, both sides. Both. <laughs> you rewind it the other way around. <laughs> Fuck. You have two rolls. One's the used one where you like stick it on and re-roll it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so, um, normal paper is reusable. The longer the paint is on the paper, it, like, stains a little bit, but I never really reuse it. I kind of just throw it away and get a new one, but you can, you can reuse it. Because you hate the baby seals and the orcas. Maybe this one is, like, more reusable. Oh, more reusable. It cleans off better. I don't know. I I haven't used it. I saw a video of, um, oh, Christ, what's his name? Um... Caleb Wissenbeck yes. um, doing it and doing, like, it. doing it and I've seen Richard Gray in a video do it where he cleans it off in his sink and stuff and then basically it folds it on itself with the water running and kind of like rubs it on itself Okay, and it, there is some staining specifically if you use like inks and stuff it will stain it oh so it works the same as normal paper so it's yeah no, I, mean, okay. I don't know that for a fact okay but it is a solid palette it is kind of a tried and true palette they had some um, <laughs> slight innovations to it uh yeah. To this one, but by and large it's it's Redgrass Wet Palette one uh, relaunched. Fucking it, uh, made in Europe. Angel Herald is as quoted as saying, It is the best wet palette. Alright, Angel. All right, Angel. All right. You uh, simmer down over yeah, there. Yeah, you fucking man. Why don't you worry about painting? Seeing <laughs> <laughs> <I'll go, laughs> <"Stay> your lady, <laughs> Angel. Yeah. What do you know about wet palettes anyway? <laughs> yeah, he just makes all your paint a fucking sprue. <laughs> sprue uh, blister box. Yeah, then it goes into the in the airbrush, like the airbrush cup is some. Some holy sacrament vessel. Yeah. it can only be touched by the purest of mixed paints. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although he probably doesn't have a clog he every should... other model like me, so. He should sign those and sell them on eBay, because I would buy one. The little sprue container? Yeah, the little blister pack that's used by Angel for mixing paints. Right, right. In all of his videos? That's like uh, Vincey V making a collage of all of his uh, paper towels from all his dabbing from his stuff, and he made it into a collage, and I think he put that up on auction on the Nova. Seriously? Yeah. I know. Uh, it looked really freaking cool when it was all framed. I haven't seen this. Yeah, I know Roman did that. He sells his cutting mats every like year. He signs it and has like all of his paint from that year of painting on it. Um, he paints on his cutting mat? Well, he just like gets paint everywhere because he's kind of a wild painter. Um, he is. So it's like messy and shit. Yeah, he's uh he's like the Pollock of mini painting. Kinda, a little bit. Yeah, he is. He's the most Pollock esque. Yeah. Okay. Uh how how uh, much drugs do you do, Roman? Ah. Uh, because Pollock do you wanna do you want to reveal the numero one I do want to reveal numero one and we all know it's number one on the list but number two in the coats it is two thin coats <laughs> paint by Sir Duncan Rhodes the third uh Sir Duncan Rhodes just finished this up in the 1st of October uh of 2021 7800 backers won just under 1.2 million dollars for paints. What the fuck? <laughs> the Sir Coates Oath. If anything is going to make $1 million, is the paint range. It mm-hmm. should be. Well, look up. You shouldn't you, be surprised. Did you know that Scale 75, their Scale 75, well, most of their Scale 75 paint ranges all started on Kickstarter? Scale Color didn't. Did it? Uh, yes. And they didn't do nearly this well. Okay. And they're better. I don't know if they're better paints. I don't know if they're better paints. I've never tried Duncan Rose paints. He never sent us any paints. I don't know if they're good paints. They're probably awesome paints. That's why he didn't send them to us. He's like, I don't want you guys using my, sh- my awesome paints for your shitty paint jobs. Now that John is fully backpedaled, like he backpedaled just into <laughs> his own grave and then buried himself. Uh, our writer has some thoughts in this Kickstarter that we kind of share. The whole Kickstarter seems to be marketed solely on the backs of Duncan and Roger and not how good the paints are. Coverage and pigment do not seem to be mentioned in the promo material at all. And that is a fact. Um, he does not talk about the composition of the product, like what it's made out of. He doesn't show any like coverage tests compared to other brands, flow mm-hmm. tests. There is no sciencey goodness in the Kickstarter at all. It's just like, here's my range, here are the features, here are examples of me using it, stuff like that. And yep. it seems like it doesn't honestly matter. It doesn't effing matter. Yeah. Why? Because his brand awareness, Duncan Rhodes' brand awareness, is so high that it doesn't matter. Sure. Now, now, if it's this uh, awesome paint range and all of us from beginner painters to just paint your army painters to, you know, people that are painting for competitions and everywhere in between all say, this is a really solid paint range. It doesn't need to reinvent the wheel. But if it's solid and they could do the jobs that we wanted to do, great. Then it's all success. But what if? What if this paint range sucks, Scott? <laughs> I don't think it sucks. I think it looks very similar to GW stuff. What if it sucks? Okay. I want to talk about drama. Okay, yeah, that's what you want. What if it sucks? What if it's like Army Painter? <laughs> oh no. I don't actually know if Army Painter sucks. I've yeah. I have never used a single Army Painter acrylic paint. I used it way back in the day when you I did? did when I did the starter set comparison and it was cuz I don't remember how many sets I I tested there, was it like six or seven brands or something like that? Yeah. I think it was I think it was five or six. Um now I haven't used it since. But it was by far the worst. Yeah. Of all of them. So Still love you, Army Painter. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're like. <laughs> you're like how do I word this? They have things that are good. I like their tufts. I like their washes. Their washes are awesome. I'm excited to to try their version of contrast. I really would like that because I know they know the wash game better than anybody. I want to try that. They're also probably not as expensive. They're probably half the price of the. And contrast they come things. in dropper bottles. Oh, hey, dropper bottles. Innovation. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't like spending eight dollars a bottle on my contrast paint. No, and that's what I said when I did my army video. When I make mix my own, basically contrast paint for certain sections of that, I'm not using contrast paint for armies. It's probably more efficient, time efficient to use that, but I'm not going through two, three, four, eight dollar bottles every single time because I'm a cheapskate. Okay, um, I mean that that is reasonable. Fifty four colors, six washes. I mean, I've seen what he's painted. I watched, I read through the whole page. Um, the results look like GW paint. They mm-hmm. look nice. They're like very high satin. He uses a triad system. That's different. It's different from GW ish, but they do base layer, dry yeah. brush highlight. They have edge highlight paints. They have all kinds of stuff. They yeah, have so it's paints. kind of like that. But also, Reaper's been doing the triad for twenty years. It's like It's like. GW has like a triad system. They have paints that like clearly go together in yeah. terms of like shade base highlight, but they're not explicit about it. This mm-hmm. is explicit about it. And so is Reaper. Um, and so sometimes it's nice to just be like, I don't want to think through things. I want it to turn out nice, this yellow to be a nice yellow with nice edge highlights and some depth to it mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And yes. I, I get that. So, okay. One thing I want to talk really quickly on this. Sure. Um, and I think this is the most important section, honestly, of this entire episode when we're talking about Kickstarters, Whoa. is this section, specifically. Oh, the tool section. The tool section. Okay. Why Why is this? Because we don't have CMON here. We don't have... Uh, yeah, what the fuck? We don't have Reaper Bones here. We don't have Games Workshop here. I'm just oh. saying, I'm saying big n- name brands in our industry... In are, the tools. ...are not in the tools section. This is important because it allows startups... It allows small businesses. It allows people that have an innovation that have a way to improve a high quality airbrush or wet palette or whatever the future may hold, have a means to success in making that a reality. And the more diversity we have for options in our hobby, the better off that we are. Does not mean you have to like them all. Does not mean you have to buy them all. It means that if there are options for us, that means we can find what works better for us and not just use what's suboptimal or doesn't fit our painting style because that's what's available. And I think this is great. This part of Kickstarter specifically related to the miniature hobby, I think is the most important one because even probably 10 years ago, if we think about if you wanted a wet palette or if you wanted a airbrush or if you wanted a paint line, you had so minimal amount of options and for example, like the airbrush stuff, you're mostly looking at like Iwata or Badger, and I don't think either of those companies started specifically for miniatures. Yeah, they could be if if you're a good product that works for what we do, it doesn't have to be. That's important to note too. But if there are tweaks to the way things have historically been done to make them better for our use, that's where this kind of stuff is very exciting for for me. And the the tools section is always a section that is I'm most likely to back. Yes. So, yeah. Anything to say on tools before we move on to the, I think it's the final section. No, there's actually two other sections. Okay, you don't get to say anything about it then. Yes, let's move on. Tech slash other, and this one is in order. Um, uh, the first one. You know, w- just got start with number five then. No, I do well. that. Yeah, I think we need to keep, because let's mess it up every single different category. Okay, okay, yeah, we're figuring this out live. <laughs> uh Number five in the tech slash other category is Dungeon of Doom. Dungeon of Doom! June 2017, it has a uh, 2,897 backers grossing $3 million. This what? is a gaming terrain made by Dwarven Forge. Dwarven Forge, the innovators, the originators, the OGs of, of D&D terrain. Is that what it is? This is what it is? Yes. Okay. These people have been around before anybody else. This was like, well, I remember when I was a, a kid, maybe teenager, that seeing in the in the game store when they have like a box of that stuff, this stuff, you'd have to be like a millionaire to have all <laughs> your D&D terrain of Dungeon Forge. <laughs> yeah. This shit was so expensive. I don't think it is as expensive anymore because they were like hand- crafting everything out of plaster and they had it painted plaster yes. so i probably came a little bit chipped don't you think well they all came in like custom styrofoam containers okay like you couldn't just like how you kept all this shit <laughs> like stored in your house is a whole nother question <laughs> without it chipping and touching any other tiles um but, yeah, their stuff of, like, their original stuff with their grottos and their full dungeons and their castles and everything. These guys have been around forever, and um, it's good to see as, as soon, as recent as, oh, gosh. 2017. 2017. They have a little photo gallery here that we can kind of peruse through. Um, very cool. Yeah. And so look, I mean, to, I guess maybe this does uh, kind of harp on my connection with price. Under, t- under 3,000 backers, they made... Three million
1: dollars.
0: <laughs> that how much is that a person? <laughs> three hundred. No, it would be divided by one. Three thousand. Well, it's thousand dollars a person. It's, it's three zeros times three zeros, three and there's six zeros in three million. So thousand dollars a person? No, three hundred dollars a person. Sorry, hundred dollars a person? Yeah. No, no, that'd only be five zeros. That would be. Oh. That's a thousand dollars a person. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. We surely we're doing this wrong. We're gonna do math live. I went to school for engineering. You should know <laughs> three million divided by three thousand. That sounds like a thousand. Yeah. That sounds like a thousand dollars a person. And it's it might be a hundred. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to do math. I'm 80% sure it's $1,000. Anyway, you can spend a lot of money. (laughs) It's $1,000 a person. Woohoo, doggy! Jesus fucking Christ. What we learn here is the nostalgic level of D&D player has now hit the age in which that they got the disposable income. They got cash, baby. They can spend it. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So you're not – this is not your, like – you know, we play every other week, or we eventually get together and stuff like that. That's not this D and D player, dude. This is the fifty year old that's got a whole D and D basement. I'm a doctor. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got, I got, I got different dungeons for different days of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah. Uh, number four, similar thing: caverns deep, uh also dwarven forge. Similar uh, backer and price breakdown. This one was 2018, so a year later, and apparently they're still hungry for more. Um, 3,000 backers, $3 million. Uh, I always confuse Dwarven Forge with Durgin Forge, the uh, YouTube channel. That's Durgin, Durgin. Pretty small. Okay, why do you do number three? Number three is the Micro. I did not... Oh, this is a tabletop 3D printer from 2014. Oh, my God. It's so This old. is like one of the first printers 400 Um, bucks, $400 is all. 11,800 backers, $3.4 million. Um, It's smaller. It's a filament PLA printer, so not a resin one. Yeah, so this was kind of like probably the... I think that this goes, it is the tech and other. I think this hits out a group outside of our nerdery. Too. Yeah. There's yeah. people that want Terrain, wanna, people print terrain stuff. I even think not related to our hobby at all. Yeah, I mean, not probably are, not yet. Yeah. Yeah, like they're trying. They're like, oh, I'm going to make my own cool little custom little like container to put my... Cactus in. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, probably. You actually. know, <laughs> it's PLA. It's like a. Bear. You could do anything with PLA. Yeah, you make a little, little human skull. <laughs> uh, in a similar vein, the next one is the elegu Jupiter, uh, September 2021, 5,000 backers, $4.7 million. So I think we're. This is the highest campaign that we've seen so far uh, yeah. in this breakdown. Um, I'm assuming this is the successor to the Eligou Mars, considering yeah. they're both kind of space themed. Um, Built-in air purifier Okay Okay Oh, this is Saturn, much larger than the Saturn Top-selling 3D printer, Uh, 30-day campaign Okay Yeah, this is recent, too This just funded in October 2021 Yeah Um, Cool, I'm I'm curious, why that? Why? Because I don't know tech specs Let me click on tech specs Tech specs, sounds like a snack Mm, I want some of that tech specs (laughs) What's What's our dimensions here? What's our dimensions? Okay, here's here here is a very helpful picture. You have Mars, Saturn, Jupiter, the one we're tra- we're thinking on the right. Just look at the size. Oh, so it's the big boy. It's Holy fucking huge. F- Nike so yeah. wanna paint some big stuff. Yeah, the build the build 16. volume is pretty big. It's actually about the same as the Mono X. Yeah. So while it is bigger, twelve point eight inches, um, it is a 6K printer as well, so you kind of need a larger resolution uh, monitor when you increase in size, uh, because you know pixels aren't for free. Where's the? It doesn't say the dimensions. Oh, that's or it doesn't say the the yeah the if it's a 2K, 4K, whatever. I would assume it's not. It's 6K. Cause... I just I, I read it. I read it. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. On the campaign. Oh yeah. Side. X X resolution. F- uh, Fifty four forty eight by thirty sixty four. Okay. Interesting. 5448 is considered 6K. You're 500 pixels short of 6K. You call it 6K? Like I know right. it's how I know it's how resolutions work. Like 4K mm-hmm. is 3840 by 2160. Um DCI 4K is 4090, 4096 pixels. So that actually is horror 4K. Yeah, they're Isn't over cuz it starts with the 1080. 1080 yeah, is 1920 mm-hmm. by 1080. Mhm. Interesting, uh, that's two K resolution. Yep. Anyways, why don't you give us number one? Number one. We already talked about it earlier in this episode, and they made eight point eight million dollars, and they still don't want to send Scott a free one. <laughs> it is <laughs> the Wormwood Gaming Table sixty day campaign. Yeah, that is not normal. Because that's a all right. We thought spending a thousand dollars on D and D terrain was a lot of money. You know how much these fucking tables cost. Like a thousand dollars, they laugh at you and they say write another check. Yeah, well look at this. There's seven thousand seven hundred backers and they made eight point eight million dollars. So that's one thousand one hundred a person. So nice. clearly there are other things that came in here. Magnetic. So seven thousand seven hundred divided by eight point eight. I'm going to bring out the calculator for this. It comes in six sizes. Tons of add-ons, accessory trays, cup holders, phone chargers, card shelf. There's that weird fucking flywheel thing. I don't know what it does, but you like turn it and like fucking... it, it raises and lowers okay. the 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 recess. Just steam come out of the the yes. table when you do that. Uh-huh. Does yeah. the engine start whirring? It's modular. Yeah, one thousand one hundred and fifty. Yeah, um, I can do math. It was yeah, it, six sizes, but like the smallest one is like a little um, okay. coffee table size. Okay, okay, or, like an end table. Like I don't even know what the hell game you could play in that solitaire. <laughs> You're right yeah like (laughs) like the inlet or the inset of it is seriously like like 16 inches by 20 it's like what you like eat dinner on like when you're watching tv (laughs) the world's most expensive tv tray (laughs) (laughs) exactly um but yeah it's got the the fanciest stuff um but it's super freaking cool yeah um yeah okay like just to add the crank wheel i think the crank wheel was like four or five hundred bucks because my buddy was looking at this, we were specking one out for him to buy. Okay, because he buys
1: Crazy everything. Shit. I got a I got a company
0: for you that I think is a more price performant option. Okay, what? well he has one now. He got a different one. Oh, oh you said that earlier. Yes. Yeah, okay. But yeah. He he looked at this before buying that one, and okay. it, I think when we got because he loves bells and whistles. Like he's just a, he's a sucker for bells and whistles. Yeah, dude, he's fucking. <clears throat> I think his came out to like. 3800
1: dollars Woo! His table.
0: Yeah. God damn. damn. <laughs> yeah. And he was seriously considering it. That's why they had the 60 day runtime. Yeah. You gotta think about it. People gotta think about it. Maybe. You know? That's interesting. All right, moving on to the last category. These are board games that have miniatures. I don't think it's I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's all board games. I think it's just miniature included board games. Number five, Nemesis Lockdown, done by Awakened Realms. I believe Awakened Realms. Um, was a YouTube channel at one point and then they started making board games and now this is their bread and butter came out in 2020 this is not the first Nemesis game this is the second one Uh, 42,000 backers 7 million dollars y'all this is number 5 this is number 5 we're starting get 7 million dollars this is a sci-fi horror game kind of similar to the Alien franchise yes. Curtis has it Oh, we went to this board game thing the shindig a shindiggery yeah at a, at, a, at a brewery because a we're, down. we're in fucking Minnesota. Hoe- Everything happens in a fucking bar. Yep. Stop saying words for fucking shindig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and people had brought all their used miniature board game related things and were selling them. Oh, it was like a, like a little auction. It yeah. Like little... And everyone's got flea tables. Market. A little flea market. This guy had the entire... Kickstarter for Nemesis Lockdown with all the add-ons at like a forty percent discount. And Curtis loves the Alien franchise. He was like, "Give me that shit." And so we got a massive discount. Hook me up in this shit. Okay, all right, Curtis. I hear you out there. I hear you upstairs (laughs) creaking around. (laughs) Get that Nemesis hooked up. I want to play this game. If it makes this much money, it better be good. I I think it. And this is not number one. This is number two. Yeah, that means number two number number one isn't on this list what that suggests to me is that number one was so good that it propelled itself with the second release yeah. Sequels are never as good as the original right we've seen this actually three of the five on this list are not the first iteration they're either sequels or updates of that's interesting um and so there, there's a bit of maybe a FOMO or like of hype train rolling of people yeah. having the first one saying they really like it hype train yeah you know all aboard Choo-choo. right <laughs> You all on that? You don't High want. To, you don't want to get on that nemesis hype train though, because there's fucking aliens on there. <laughs> all like the that. lights go out. Oh God! <laughs> no, it's like space Hulk on trains. Yeah. All right. What's the next one, John? Next one is Seventh Continent. I've played Seventh Continent. Never heard of Seventh Continent. Seventh Continent, Continent uh, came out in 2017. Forty-three thousand backers. Seven, just under seven point one million dollars. It's a solo or co-op game, and you can add a new player at any time. And it is card-based. Now, there's a little bit of a tricker in this. Seventh Continent does not actually have, like, minis as we know them. So this must be just min- this board games then? Maybe. So just min. Okay, cool. Okay. It is a very interesting game. It's an exploration, world building, resource gathering, scary stuff happens kind of game. Okay. It's very fun. I've only played it two times. Um, Again, my buddy that is a Kickstarter addiction had this. Okay. <laughs> um, and we'll see all what of the games. a friend with the Kickstarter addiction. All of the all of the games that are on here, other than Nemesis Lockdown, he has backed. So <laughs> Oh gosh. So very cool game. Uh, I'm not sure ex- it must meet some crossroads of different genres of people that all like this one. Yeah. Beautiful art in it too. Is this a Stonemeyer Games game? Do you know who published it? I do not know. Um know. It doesn't it doesn't matter. It's a serious Pulp. Okay, anyways. Speaking of Stonemar games, I picked up Scythe recently. That game fucking rules. I've heard nothing but good things about it's Scythe. It's so good. We should definitely play it. Little, also like, has like, minis. Oh, yeah. It's like a post-apocalyptic, like, steampunk meets old-timey farms. I would say it is an alternate reality, not post-apocalyptic. I like that. Like yeah, so it's like Europe is currently being... Carved up for land, warring nations are figuring out. You know, they're they're jockeying. They're like, this is my area, this is your area. So it's like new world. We're discovering it. We're fighting over turf. Uh, it's worker placement elements. There are land control elements. Uh, it's really good. I liked it a lot. Anyways, well, that's not we'll on this Try list. it. Let's try it. What's what's uh, number. Three, Scotty. Witcher: Old Worlds, May 2021. Very a lot of recent ones here. People just have more and more dollars to spend. A 17-day long campaign with 45,000 backers, 7.8 million dollars, based on the book series by Andre Sapkowski. Um, sorry, Andrzej Sapkowski. Thank you, <laughs> James. Gave us the, uh, <laughs> the fucking pronunciation yes. of his name in the writing. That's amazing. It's a card and miniature game, custom dice sets, co-op or versus play. Yeah. We're seeing a lot more and more of, of co-op games as well as versus, but more pushing towards co-op. People don't want, people don't want to play board games against each other. I disagree. I don't, I think the, the, you are in the great minority of that. Am I? Yeah. I, okay. I do enjoy co-op games. I have a ton of them. Um, but there's like a little bit of added spice to yeah. a good old versus. I I want something with a little bit more depth if we're going to go versus. Okay, so yeah, I, I think agree. Of like a miniature game, a war game, a rule set that gets updates and FAQs. And, you know, you get new heroes that came out last month. And I agree. New skins. And, okay. Um, <laughs> this one does have models. It does. Yeah. Um, cool. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, and they actually acquired the license legally.
1: That's nice of them.
0: Cough. Scale 75, cough. Uh, what's number two here? Number two is... This is, this is your bread and butter right here. Uh, this is Kingdom Death Monster 1.5. So which of the seven ongoing releases, Ponzi scheme, does this one fall in? <laughs> this one has been fully funded and people got all their shit. Okay, good. So that's good. Good job. This good job, KDM. Yeah, and this was kind of the, uh, the launching of the KDM that we know today, which is... When's the stuff? actually, I take that back. I fully take that back. The gambler's chest, which was a massive add on that uh was a part of this one, still has not been fulfilled, still is not out. uh, we're told by Poots that it will be in the next six to nine months, and he's draw and hes stopped doing the these other sales of new minis on like he didn't have a Halloween sale this year with new Halloween minis, apparently he's not doing any additional stuff until this is done, you know uh five years plus years later but the base game everybody got their base game and expansions five years after the gambler's chest five years after this funded oh, wow. and each i don't know if it's every year but last year on black friday they open up again for the gambler's chest and a couple of other things that they're still not funded with this so you can pay up and get in which i did last year yeah which i spent. a lot of money on yeah um we're we're getting into kickstarter royalty with this one yes uh did you say how much money it's made 12.4 million dollars this is the fifth highest funded case chaos of all time yeah Nineteen thousand backers yeah and (laughs) this this game is is just oozing with art direction and uniqueness why? why this much money what where is the audience for this what's the appeal of this this is like high quality miniatures, no doubt. Very high quality miniatures. Pretty good game. Very fun game. Is that enough? I think Wh- it just no. has this it has this like aura about it. Like what this game has, I think more than anything else is that it has a very clear style and art direction and just ambiance about it, it is so much higher than everybody else. It is not just you know, this is the pictures of our game. This is how it looks, whatever. Like, it? Like there are stuff that's out there that you can say now that this is its own artistic category that say, that feels KDM. Like, it is so unique in its design aspect. And its aesthetic is so unique. Um, it's more unique than 70% of the game's workshop range. Like, it's so unique. And I think people love it because it doesn't feel generic at all. It feels solely its own entity in and of itself. And that, I think that people really adhere to that. And I hope so, because we want more awesome art in the world. We want more awesome design in the world. It feels like when big budget Hollywood movies, Dune, for example, the art direction, the the uh costumes, the way the world feels, it feels like its own true thing. It's it not is. copy pasting it is. from generic shit. And okay. that's what Kingdom Death does. Let's go on a rant right now about something. I'm watching dune tonight so i've do seen not it. fucking spoil it Actually, i've I seen read it. the books so I, I already know what happens. it's good i love it when sci-fi movies and any, any fantasy any non-realistic movie crafts a world that's so believable and just drops you right into it yeah and it's so different that's what dune does so well a movie that doesn't do that well guardians of the galaxy Mm. that movie is like I'm going to take a shotgun and I'm going to take this shotgun shell and inside of it I'm going to put a bunch of BBs and a bunch of BBs are each different element from a different world and I'm going to shoot at a fucking uh, film reel that is that, it's fucking slapdash, it's kludgy, I hate it I hate Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't care who knows it um, <laughs> Dune is like everything is believable it's like I fucking love it. I wanna I want to know so much more about this world that we, I got introduced to um I haven't seen the eighties dunes, but I've seen the sci-fi original mini T V series. Uh, have you seen those ones? No, I have not. They're weird. I wanna Weird and good. I'll, I wanna see what I took away from your mini rant right there was when you said a shotgun with a shell filled with BBs. <laughs> I heard babies. And then <laughs> I envisioned <Sci-fi> babies. <laughs> I envisioned a shotgun shell filled with tiny little babies. And then I envisioned you shooting them and all the babies like Turkey sprayed. Yes. All the way across. Yes. And the little babies are like going into the Marvel universe. Yes. That sounds like a cool story. Okay. Okay. That wasn't what I was saying, but um, it was a cool idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is all about Kingdom Death. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Man, there was another movie I watched recently that was sci-fi that was like also had a similar believable world, but we won't get off that. Okay, anyways, Kingdom Death, twelve million bucks. Holy shit! Um, what real quick about this? There's something that uh, James put on here that I think is really cool. It's super dope. He says real dope armor that gets added to the miniatures, like GI Joe accessories. that, that the armor sets are very cool. Yeah, so it, it's kind of like a Monster Hunter game. If you know what Monster Hunter is, you slay the monsters, you you gather the resources. There's a whole crafting. There's a whole uh township aspect like half the game is fighting and hunting monsters and the other half is your whole settlement how you win or lose is when you run out of people because they all fucking die and they don't make enough babies and so you 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 build these things these little shops in your in your town uh, settlement not a town in your settlement and that you can like craft armor and weapons and crap and different consumables out of the stuff you kill and so as you build a white lion armor set you can Build your mini to have, be wearing some or all or whatever of that set weapons. Everything has a mini piece bits for it. it you know, it is me. fucking cool. What Arm- does it remind you? Armor sets and collecting armor sets one at a time. Yes, yeah, you get, you get your set bonuses, baby. Yeah, they have set bonuses. In oh Kingdom my Dive. god, yeah, that's fucking <laughs> Warcraft all over again, right? dude. Yeah, it's got the two piece set. It's got the full set. Oh You're, Yeah, dude. You can you can you put gems in the in the slots of the of the items? I don't. Think so. No? Okay. But you get fighting arts. Oh, nice. Oh man, it's so fun. All it's right. So unforgiving. The last one, the highest grossing one on our in our entire episode, and the the uh number three highest funded Kickstarter of all time. No, it's not Gloomhaven. It's Frosthaven. Eighty three thousand backers launching in March twenty twenty. Twelve million nine hundred and sixty nine thousand dollars, almost thirteen million dollars. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you yeah, played this. I played Gloomhaven. Frosthaven's not out yet. We just learned in the last month or so that it got pushed back. Okay, um, but not shouldn't be too far. I hope. Um, but we 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 sucked. Drive from the teat of Gloomhaven. I have experienced all that Gloomhaven has to offer. We unlocked all classes. We played almost every single class. We tried every ability. We did almost every single cl- side quest because boiler. You can't play every side quest because some of them are branching. You choose a direction. You can't do the other one. We played that for over a year to do everything. It is an amazing game. In my opinion, the best board game I've ever played. It is so good. Board game? Mm, Yes. Okay. It has miniatures. You have miniature of all your characters. There's standees, so cardboard standees of all the monsters. Um, And I've seen people that have, like, kit bashed and made their own monsters out of minis from other games for all the monsters for this game. I can't recall or not if Frosthaven has the full miniatures option for all monsters or not. It seems like a likely uh, next step for them. Um, It is a, what's the term, legacy game. Mm -hmm. Like, you do things and you open an envelope. You put stickers out. You, like, things are changed forever. The world changes. KDM. Blackstone uh-huh. Fortress, Curse City, all legacy games. Mm-hmm. So, but this one, it's like, well, not, uh, KDM, it's made to be replayed, but this one, like, we on your board, you put a sticker out there that you've completed this achievement and, like, it's on there forever. Like, you, unless you buy, there's a third party that does reusable stickers for everything, you really can't play the game twice. Okay. Because it, you, I mean, yeah. That feels really bad, doesn't it? Yeah. <sighs> I guess a year of playing is quite a bit of entertainment. Yeah. Every Saturday for about three hours to four hours, every Saturday for a year. Yeah. Like so who's, who is even going to do that? not going back. Who is even going to do that? Yeah. Um, but like, I really enjoy a single serving single time experience board game when it's so good because yeah. it opens up so many other options for like crazy twists and exciting changes and throw, t- throwing things on its head to keep it feeling fresh and not be boring. I enjoy games that are willing to do that, and I like to see that companies are being rewarded for that because people enjoy it. So Frosthaven supposed to crank it up to 11. supposed to be better in every way. I can see why it did so well. I'm glad it's it's such a high grossing Kickstarter. We have an amazing hobby here that's able to top the charts of Kickstarter itself. Mm-hmm. That is fucking insane. All right. That, that is all of them. That's all of them. That is, uh, there is still more writing that James has done, but thank you, James, so much for uh, collecting all that information for us. This is literally an episode that we would never would have done without yeah. a person's help. In this case, James helped us. Um, so, thank you so much, James. Yeah. Shout out. We got to talk about things that I was interested in In. in just I was, seeing I, I just what I wanted what, to know. What yeah. the answers were. Yeah. And, and our, our, our little takes on that's fun. So let's get on to the news. And there's a fuckload of news. There's a fuckload too. of news. So we're not going to go over everything here, but we're going to hit the important parts. Most specifically, the most important news <laughs> we all need to know about is Warhammer 40,000 scented candles. Okay? Okay. So this is a situation, I got to believe, where a third-party company approaches GW and they're like, hey, candles. <laughs> Sell us your IP, we'll give you a percentage and like, They're like, fine, whatever Do what the fuck you want But this is all going through Games Workshop website it's yeah, all They didn't manufacture them. it No, they don't manufacture them yeah. But like they're finding a company that they can They can pay $2 A candle <laughs> to make $20 candles yeah. like, Their profit margin, make no mistake This is Games Workshop we're talking about here yeah. They are making a shitload of money On somebody else's no, so Who the fuck's buying this? What, what? I bet they sell a lot of fucking candles. No. I bet it's like this is a funny meme that would have been fine for April Fools. But what what percentage of miniature wargamers of of 40k players of GW buyers buys a fucking candle that's like scented based on like gamer sweat or like whatever, like Solanesh desire or lust, whatever the fuck. Who buys that? I I bet people buy it It's funny It's funny. It's cool I I get it Stocking stuff for time Never in a million years Am I ever going to buy that candle No I think they're not cheap I think they are like $20 a candle Even if they (laughs) weren't If they were $10 I wouldn't fucking buy it No My wife has a bazillion candles They all smell wonderful She has the candle game on lockdown I don't even Yeah But who would buy this? People will buy it They You notice that they did I want to put a poll And like (laughs) Ask Did you yes. (laughs) Did you buy these candles? Are you interested in buying Okay, <laughs> yeah. One very specific and important route they chose to take in the marketing aspect is they didn't tell you what the candles smell like. So yeah. half of the reason why I want to get a Slaanesh candle is I want to know if it smells like blood and stale sex because that's what it should smell like. What does stale sex sound like? smell like, John? I don't know what all it sounds like. <laughs> I, could, I could show you what it smells like. <laughs> you could show me what it smells like? I smell yeah. with my eyes? I will do a pantomime. <laughs> and you'll be like, uh, okay. that's in the after party. <laughs> you hear that, you got to pay for it. <laughs> Just become a Patreon member and you get the after party and the stale sex. <laughs> Swex miming. <laughs> All right. Uh, it includes this rubber right here. <laughs> <laughs> there are other things. Um, a lot of other things. Uh, Let's talk about some other GW stuff real quick. Okay. Wait, what? Really? It's just a bunch of fucking shit. Everyone, There's a new Warcry expansion, another giant ass box called Red Harvest. Red Harvest. The third new, massive box. Two new Warbands, Tr- Trinalos and Dark Oath Savagers. How do we say the word tarantula, people, <laughs> but change it just enough that oh, we can. Oh! it our own IP. Is that Spider People? Yeah, it's Spider People. Okay. Wait, is it like Mutant Spider People or is it with yes. like spider motif? It's mut- mutant, mutant, mutant Spider People. Mutant? Okay. There's a dude on the cover with a little baby spider arm. He's <laughs> a little. Arm i clicked of on this arms. link and I couldn't see a single picture of just the models from this game. In the oh, they were all teased last week. Oh, a different weekend. article? Uh, last week. They were on their their the, show last the, yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Uh Which. I did a reaction show. I heard on Warhammer Weekly with uh, Vincey and Tommy Boy. I was doing my Sepulchral Guard meeting, and they mm-hmm. told me that you were live doing a reaction show. Yeah, it's Vince, like John's sewing with wild oats. Vince, you know, he circles the wagons, you know, and he's like John you're my only hope
1: <laughs> and, I'm like,
0: okay. and then i fucking, guess you're fucking ben kenobi in this story yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. and then i guess like 20 minutes before the show went live tom was like "Oh, i guess i'm free to do it now so then all three of us are in there it was a party yeah we used a big old circle jerk oh, so games workshop announcement discussion yeah you guys were all like this is amazing i love this this is amazing too oh my god <laughs> um <laughs> that's how it ended yes yes <laughs> Uh, weird has some new models. Uh, weird, bro. weird, bro, bro, Malifem. Okay, bro. If you want to sell fucking models, show fucking models. Okay. This article has concept art and concept art is cool, but it's an accessory to the model. I want to see the fucking model. I don't want to see a 3d render. I want to see the model. They don't even have pictures of their models on their box art. Yeah. They have the artsy arts on the front, and they have 3D renders in the back. Yeah. I don't really know. And their scopes are really fucking good. Take a hint from GW. You are in the business of selling models. Show the model on the front of the box. Show the 3D rendering concept on the back. Okay? Yeah. That's all I will say about weird. It's kind of weird. It's kind of yeah. weird. <laughs> but you don't do that. Yes. Because we're in the day and age where these 3D printing companies are shooting out 3D renders out their buttocks. <laughs> Left and right. Yeah. The, anyway till Sunday, you can find 3D renders of something that looks balls, but it's not a physical thing. I yeah. want the physical thing. Yes. And he, John is right. The models that Malifaux makes, sorry, that Weird makes are not bad. They're good. They're like the second best plastic models on the market. Yes. Right? Yes. And like they're almost, okay, like honestly, the thing that distinguishes them from GW is not like the quality necessarily. It's just the concept, I think. Right? What mm-hmm. do you think? Maybe they're not as crispy. I don't know. I haven't looked at a new weird model you in a while. You painted one for Crystal Brush a while ago, though. And it was kind of a simple model, uh, but it was very finely detailed. Oh like, they had all the detail so on odd. their faces. Like, finely detailed. Because they such a lot of them are very tiny models. And so they have to be crispy, crispy plastic. And crispy, crispy. They are. they are. They're double crisp. Double crisp. Extra crispy. Um, okay. I mean,. <laughs> Armour Painter came up with this weird thing called Game Master Dungeons and Caverns Core Set. It's actually right there below my coffee table. I'm going to go get it. It's weird. I don't fully understand this. Okay, so it comes with foam core, razor blade, a bunch of stuff to make terrain for anything. For a dungeon, can John figure out how to get the box out from under my coffee table? He did it. Uh, it comes with a lot of stuff that I would imagine... It's fucking huge it looks like a box of hero quest it has it has a hot wire cutter in it it's got a bunch of foam it's got a ruler a knife sandpaper so in my head the kind of person that buys this stuff or that they're targeting is the kind of person that watches black magic craft watches luke aps or geek, geek, geek gaming scenic people who make terrain right i don't think that's the audience because those dudes um do an amazing job of showing how you do you can it. get stuff for cheap and do it yourself. Exactly. So in my head, the audience, it's the moms makes... of people, oh. that, that want to do that, that they think they can buy this for them for Christmas. Yeah. It's like, mom, the whole point of this kind of terrain is you do it for fucking cheap. You yeah. find this, the foam, you find all these different, t- you know, you find dad's fucking razor blade, <laughs> right. and you steal his sandpaper and you fucking make some shit. The whole point is that it's cheap. And, Putting it in a box feels weird, doesn't it? Right. It's a big box of styrofoam. It's it's 100 <laughs> bucks. It's $100? It's 100 bucks. Oh, shit. I mean, so the, I don't the packaging to... makes it look like it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's cool. But like, I, if I was on the design team for this, I'd be like, we have to really target a certain person that's going to buy this because the audience on YouTube of terrain making is all about reuse. It's all about low cost. It's mm-hmm. that's, what, yeah, that's what it's about. And this, this just seems like it doesn't line up with what I thought the audience might be. Maybe it's a really nice wire cutter. That's probably $25. Look at it. It's not electric. I can't even make most of your cuts. I don't it's even. It's too narrow. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You would need. It's more like shaping, I suppose. Sure. Is a sponge in there? Oh, a sponge and a cheap ass dry brush. So I'm not saying you can't make cool things with this. You certainly can. Yeah. But it's just like it didn't seem like it lined up with what I thought the audience would be. It's the coolest ass box I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty nice. I want to play game master. I open it up and it's just styrofoam. <laughs> Dude, you want to play game master tonight? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Do you want to be the styrofoam tonight? <laughs> or do you want to be the box cutter? <laughs> that is the fucking point. But it's yeah. like Clue for nerds. <laughs> uh, in the in the realm of Kickstarters, uh, there was this interesting one. You can't. It's not live anymore. But the Studio X. I looked at this Kickstarter campaign and it's really clever. It's like a, a bunch of d- different tools packaged in a very nice way. And they all kind of expand uh, into one little mobile setup. Um, it's very, it's very clever. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of tools that like package everything together in very clever ways. Um, like you can tell a lot of thought was put into the design of this um it's cool um i would i would use it if i was the kind of person that did a lot of mobile painting at least i would consider it i would consider it. i don't know if it's any good i don't have it but it was it was cool yeah very cool i like that it looks like when it's all closed up it looks like a paper shredder yeah it kind of does some sci-fi paper shredder, or not even sci-fi it's like you put the paper in and then out on the bottom comes out new bottles of paint yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's Uh, a sci-fi paper shredder i want I think we'll put the rest of the news in the description below because James had has a ton of links here that are all very cool. If you want to check them out, they'll be down in the show notes for your full news action. Right. And um, one thing that we, well, I want you guys' goody peepees feedback on is one thing that we had kind of been tossing around is if we do an episode weekly, if one of the episodes, we go into a little bit more depth of news so you feel like, you literally get all the the mini news around the world, and nothing is is missed by us. Is that of value, or do you really want to stick with just kind of these the the things that jump out at us the most that we want to talk about? We're yeah, curious what the you. The high think. level news, high level news. All right, welcome to the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you for being here for our spiritual launching of season three. Let us know in the comment section if you uh, liked. Uh, including James as a researcher slash writer for an episode. Our plan going forward is if uh, this kind of thing is of interest to you guys to employ him more often, maybe not every single episode, but on ones that require more time in front of a computer, doing some research that we don't have time to expend at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, Let us know. We'd love to know your feedback. We enjoy working with them. Very smart, dude. He has qualities that are different to me and John that complement yes. our our skill sets. Um, so he works is out. organized. Yes, namely, yes, he's organized. an adult. Yes, and he works in absolutes much more than Scott and I. So you're saying that James is a Sith? Ah, uh, yes, he is. Ah, this that was the that was the the twist this whole time is he's a Sith Lord and now our soul has gone he's, to the dark side. He's Palpatine. Yeah. I thought he looked familiar. The wrinkles on the forehead. Gave Canadian it away. Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to take a quick second and, and read our uh, read today's ad spot that we don't have. And we're gonna instead take that time to advertise the ability to advertise Untrapped Under Plastic. One thing that helps us do things such as um afford. New cameras, new gear, new lighting, new setup, new fancy things for our new, uh, studio space and Scotty's studio space. Yes. Got to buy, buy new gear now is not only your amazing support as patrons, all that money is helping us as well, but finding advertisers that see the value in advertising untrapped under plastic. We had one and I dropped the ball a little bit on there that, well, hopefully we'll get him again soon. that, um, a very nice gentleman that wanted to advertise with us on something that isn't actually a product or a serv- or service, but he wanted to support us and have a fun ad. So <laughs> that's going <laughs> to <gonna> happen soon. <laughs> but um, we got a lot of goody pee's. We are the goody pp nation. We do spend hobby dollars. So if you know of a place... That does stuff that wanna that wanna advertise and sell some things. They should probably contact us at trappedunderplastic at gmail and we can come up with some fun ad reads for them and sell their widgets. Selling widgets. Uh, alternatively, do you want to fund the uh, camera fund for the new studio and the new space for that? Um, you can uh, support us in many ways. You can watch this video with ads enabled. We run the ads every 30 minutes. You can buy our merch like this shirt or the food related shirt or the new Goody Pee Pee shirt. Brand new! I can't believe we didn't talk about that. We got a new Goody Pee Pee shirt, which yeah. we ordered. We, ours didn't come in the mail yet to show them today, but we're gonna show on the screen right now. Yeah. It is uh, the official Goody Pee Pee uh, uniform. Yes. For you out in the wild. Goody Pee Pee, uh, Destroyer of Tendies. <laughs> It is amazing, amazing design made by Kevin, who is on our Facebook group, and he just threw that out there that he did it, and I said, Kevin, I'm going to give you dollars so we can make that shirt, and he's been a blast to work with, so that shirt is freaking amazing, so you can support us by buying that, and that way, when you're out in the wild and you find another goody peepee, you know. You can caw at each other. Uh, you can also become a patron, get you access to an extended episode. Where we talk about new things that we've tried. We critique one of the uh, goody peepees in an episode. We also talk about models that we have seen and loved uh, from people other than us. Um, not true this time, uh, <laughs> but you can figure it out. If you become a patron. Yeah, the after party is wet and wild. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also uh, just share our podcast with your friends if you like it and you enjoy it, and we get more viewers. That just kind of lifts the whole thing up. Yeah. It just raises the water level of what miniature hobby podcasts uh, just really don't want to be like. Yeah, because this is not the peak. This is not. This is what I, you should aspire your podcast to be. This like. This is the depths. This would be like. All right. This is what these guys are doing. I could do something better right. than that. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. All right. That's it for this one. We will catch you on the.